Every business is in a constant state of evolution. And right now, there's a lot of drive to know more. And that's across almost every aspect of a business. And the businesses that are really looking closely and saying, what am I missing? Many of them discovered that they were missing the location intelligence piece. Welcome to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. I'm Marcella Cavallero from Esri, and I'll be your host for today. You just heard Mike Littman, principal and founder of interactive mapping technology company, Blue Raster, highlight a pivotal component of digital transformation. Today, data and analytics enhance the vision of executives and government leaders who need to see critical insights to remain competitive and sustainable. Here, Esri CMO, Mariana Cantor, dive deep into real-world examples of decision-making empowered by data and visualization. Mike, hi, and thanks for being here with us. Happy to be here. Your work at Blue Raster is across a range of areas from supply chain to city planning to conservation. And to all these sectors, you pose the question, are you driving your data or is it driving you? Now, what are you getting at? The amount of data that all of us have coming from our mobile devices, from the browser, even when you open it up, it's, it's trying to bring information right in front of you. And data can quickly distract you. It can send you in one direction. It can send you in another. And when you take information and bring it into, into a location perspective, putting it on a map, or you don't even always need to have a map. You, you take data, run it through a, a spatial analysis process and get an answer out. That enables you to, to take action. You're not just consuming information. You're actually seeing something that can tell you this is the step that might make sense to go next. But we also make sure that our clients understand the process so that when we get to the end of that phase of the project, that the actual delivery of it makes sense. It's not just taking data and making it into something that, that you can see. It's turning it into something that, that actually has real use, real value. That's a key part of the first few times that we talk during a project when, when we kick it off. Because one of our primary roles is helping connect the idea and the vision with what's technically possible and also with what's possible with data that we have available. And it's really amazing over time we've really come to appreciate where excellent data allows us to really move very rapidly and deliver very powerful solutions. And when data is missing, you have to get creative at that point. Would you agree that the geospatial cloud delivers location intelligence? And if so, can you talk about that and why that's important, how it's helping organizations achieve their outcomes? If we look at the components of the geospatial cloud, we've moved from simply visualizing to an expectation of instant analysis of any question that you might have. And while we're not there yet, we're getting closer and closer every day. And you see it in the geospatial sense, but you also see it just in the internet in general, where data that has been connected together is allowing better decision-making, in my opinion. Sometimes it can be a little scary when, when you're on a website and you can see what you were shopping for the other day. But if you think about how all of that information is now connected together, and then you can bring in the spatial component to it as well, that's really powerful. As we've been expanding into the commercial space, we've really been seeing a tremendous shift into geospatial. From the real estate client that I was speaking of earlier, to the commodities and supply chain companies that are working with projects like the Global Forest Watch that we support. Commitments have been made at the, 
at the international level to help reduce deforestation and forest loss. And those decisions and those commitments are made at the, at the CEO level. And then the sustainability group within the company has to make key decisions to be able to understand have we, have we actually met those commitments to have a deforestation-free supply chain. We can help these organizations understand where their operations are globally. They can look at their supply chain. They can look at forest loss that's been detected, and then any other number of indicators that, that can uh, help them better understand where they are today and where they need to be in the very near future to meet those goals. Are you saying that these types of decisions are uh, being made at an executive level increasingly? Absolutely. There's an expectation that information has been gathered, tremendous amounts of resources have been put into having all this data, and then being able to get that executive dashboard, that, that very simplistic uh, view that says, are we good or do we need to do something different? Do you have an example? So one of the areas that, that Bluester tried to, to work on with World Resources Institute was a project that was looking at the emerging hotspots of forest loss. With spatial analysis tools, we were able to take a global data set that can see over the past 15 years where forest loss has occurred at, at a pixel size of, of about a baseball field across the entire globe. And to run that through and start to see where statistically significant change is happening within forest loss and to be able to put that on a very basic interactive map and put that out to the world was very rewarding. And then from that type of research, it starts to drive additional demand for more fine-grained analysis in specific areas where hotspots were detected. And then seeing the more advanced machine learning capabilities that are coming out every day starts giving you ideas of when will that be possible in all of these situations. So the promise seems great with all these technologies. How does an organization decide whether it needs to invest and embrace location intelligence? I think every business is in a constant state of evolution. And right now, there's a lot of drive to know more. And that's across almost every aspect of a business. And the businesses that are really looking closely and saying, what am I missing? Many of them discovered that they were missing the location intelligence piece. That's really exciting to us because it's giving that challenge of taking an organization that's invested very, very heavily with an IT, but never really focused on location and being able to couple those two together and then watching as an executive sees their information in a different way for the first time and then immediately has 10 additional things that they want to see that afternoon. How would you put location intelligence into the context of BI or business intelligence? So business intelligence has oftentimes been separated from GIS because it wasn't as focused on location as it probably should have been. Now that location is really coupled together with BI, you're starting to see a change in thinking I can even observe this sometimes at, at a social gathering and you're just talking to somebody and they, what do you do, what do you do? And then all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, you're talking about location intelligence in a way that you, you never even thought of in, in that industry. Can you give us some more examples on how organizations are using these technologies, which industries are adopting uh, these faster than others, what kinds of outcomes are they seeing? 
Definitely. Blue Ruster has, has worked, worked a lot within the conservation space, within, within the government space. Um, and, and as we're expanding more into the commercial space, we're seeing that demographic information and a lot of the information stored with, within the geo-enrichment services are becoming very popular. When you can show a drive time analysis and show the retail potential or demographic potential from literally thousands of different indicators, that immediately opens up conversations. And we've gone from showing a demo to being asked for a proposal the same day after they see that and saying, okay, I want all five of those things that you just showed me, when can you deliver it? And so we really focus very closely on understanding where the evolution of the technology is, is going so that as we're talking to our customers, we can help solve their ideas that they have today, but also be ready when, when those ideas start to evolve. You're working on some really important global projects with UNICEF. Can you tell us about each of these projects, their importance and their impact? Sure. Working with UNICEF was a very rewarding opportunity. UNICEF is tasked with looking at where children are in the world, where children will be looking out 20, 30, 50 years. And with every map that we create, there's typically different layers. And so in this project, one of the layers was children, and then looking at access to water or where climate change impacts will be most strongly felt by children. And this project wasn't a project that you could just take data that existed. We actually had to go out and, and create some of the information together. And when the report was released, we didn't have any idea of the reach that the maps that we had created would, would see. When UNICEF published it, it was picked up all over the world. We started seeing it on international media. And, and as, a, as a father with two young daughters, this report has meaning in that space as well because my children will be dealing with whatever actually happens with climate change. And in our travels, we've seen areas where vulnerable children, access to water, it's, it's something that if interventions can be made now and change can happen, then water will be accessible. But look at how far many women and children have to walk every day just to live. One in four children will live in areas of extreme water stress by 2040. 530 million children already live in extremely high flood occurrence zones and over 200 million hours are lost every day by women and girls gathering water because they don't have a faucet to go to or their faucet has run dry. By creating maps that went into the report and helping UNICEF expand its use of geospatial technology, that to me is one of the first steps. And then it actually gets handed off to the operational side where at the country level, at the local level, they can really look at their operations and decide where to put their resources. Because if they can understand where their target population is that they're responsible for, where the problems exist, they take a second look. Or they take a first look because they never even realized that this was right in their backyard. What can businesses do to help with the issues of water? Many businesses are already taking steps, which has been great to see over the past few years. Working with the, the World Resources Institute, the Aqueduct Project, their data has really become something that many companies that consume water is using to better understand their operations and, and make plans. And if you look at every business, I would hope every business wants to do the right thing because that's going to enable them to, to be successful. And they're using GIS to better understand their operations 
and then make decisions that can reduce the impact. Because if they need water to stay in business, they've got to be smart about it, not only today, but into the future. In your experience, Mike, what are some of the big issues that are keeping leaders up at night? In the areas where decisions need to be made more rapidly than ever before, I think many executives are, are trying to take all of the information that's coming at them and synthesize it in a way that they can take that next step. Almost like playing a game of chess. Well, in the past, you might have 10 data points that you needed to use to make a decision. Then it went to 100, and now there are thousands of different data points that are coming out of all the different business intelligence systems. And so being able to pull that together in a way that you can make decisions is something that I think every executive is really looking for. What would you say you are most excited about in your company's role in, in our world today? The intersection of technology that we have available and the, the challenges from the, from the growth of our world, that's really one of the areas that, that excites me because this is the first time in my life where the technology that we have available, again, the, the smartphones, the computers, the cloud, where we can take advantage of what would have been a supercomputer 10, 15 years ago, you can rent by the hour from Amazon. And if you have an idea, if you have the capabilities to write some code and test it out, you're able to come up with answers that were really science fiction just a few years ago. And so being able to help reduce some of the, the great challenges in the world, deforestation, malaria, HIV, being able to help bring supplies to, to somebody that needs it, being able to help areas where water is, is not available, that's something that really, really excites us as a team. And being able to also kind of watch as location intelligence becomes ubiquitous and watch our clients and, and clients that, that will come in the future, watching them go through that journey and then getting inspired by the ideas that they come back and the challenges that they bring back to us. Um, that's what keeps us going every day. And that's really what inspires the team as well. Mike, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Esri and the Science of Wear podcast. And thanks to Mike Littman for sharing powerful examples of organizations using data to drive growth and innovation. To learn more, download our free eBooks, Making Sense of Digital Transformation at esri.com forward slash wear, Making the Most of the Internet of Things at esri.com forward slash IoT, and Putting AI and Location Intelligence to Work at esri.com forward slash AI.